You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. How's everybody doing? You're all awake? You're all awake? So I'm going to make sure you're awake. So everybody stand up. <laughs> Angela, get on the floor and give me 20. Right now. No, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no girls push-ups on my watch. <laughs> Come back here. All right. So, I'm going to do something fun. So, make sure you're next to someone. Make sure you're next to someone. Here you go. And with your right arm, touch the person on your left. And with your left foot, touch the person on your right. Left foot, touch the person on your right. If you can do that. <laughs> this is good. This is good. <laughs> uh, Angela, stay still. Everybody sit down. Have a seat. <laughs> All right. So who likes prizes? Who likes prizes? Prizes, free things. Yeah? yeah? All right. So we're going to ask you two questions, see if you qualify. Based on the answer, you can get a prize. Only one prize per question. So Christine's going to start. Okay. So we're going to talk about work. So the Bible says that hard work produces a profit. So for the person that has worked the hardest in this way, there's going to be a profit tonight. And God does it all the time. He just gives us benefits when we're not expecting them. So we want to know who here has had the same job for the longest amount of time. One year. How about over one year? Okay, over two. We're going to ramp it up now. Over two. Mm, I think it's doesn't including count. Staff. Including staff. Staff does count. That is a job. No. Nope. Same job. Nope. Continuous stretch. Uh oh. More than four. Uh more than five. More than six. Whoa. More than seven. Eight. Nine. Woo. Ten. Whoa. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. We got two runners. Okay, all right. Fourteen years. Fifteen years. <laughs> 16. Oh, oh, there it is. Congratulations, Linda Taylor. And she's going to win. Linda, come get your prize. Come on up to the... Oh. oh, okay. You guys both get a prize then. Oh. Wow, you guys are hard line. March and April both beat me still. We still so, think you both win. Come on in. <laughs> so we have sea salt soiree Ghirardelli, intense dark chocolate. And the other one is hazelnut heaven. Okay, here you go. All right. <laughs> Give me a hand. Fifteen and a half years. I can't even imagine that. All right. 
So the next question or the next prize will be who here think, thinks you made the most drastic um, transition in your careers? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe. This is going to be... Okay, this, this is going to be feisty. All right. So we have medical field to uh, staff in the church. What about you? Yeah. What's, what's your transition? From what to what? Okay. It's very subjective, so it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. Angela? Oh, wow. All right. What were you teaching? All right. Mark? Okay. Yes, Navy. That's where I come from. I, I just want to give him a prize. Just give him a prize. No, I'm just kidding. No offense. Who's next? Wait, what was the first job? The first job? So, social. Oh, social worker. Okay. Okay. We'll think about that. What are you gonna be, What are you gonna do in the Navy? Enlisted. Okay. All right. Go military. Mark. Okay. From restaurants to sales. How about that? All right. Cool. How about you, sir? Which one? I probably owe him something. <laughs> <laughs> Nelnet? Oh, yeah, I own something. All right. <laughs> How about you? Okay. From from education to dentistry. <laughs> awesome. Okay, who's, who's next? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why, why is everybody laughing? <laughs> Body. Oh, God. And by, by goat herding, he means chasing lions and tigers in, in Africa. I know where he comes from. <laughs> Those Nigerians. <laughs> All right, so this is very, um, this is difficult. I can't decide. We're going to huddle. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Buddy? Like you had a group of goats and you had to move them. Can you describe for us one day of goat herding? You're, this the prize is on the line. Describe one day of goat herding. One day of goat herding is waking up and making sure the goats are 
Okay, 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 okay. He, he won. That's it. Stop right there, right there, <laughs> right there. <laughs> so you won <laughs> two pens that look like water bottles. They made me thirsty when I when I looked at them. So that's that's your prize. Come on. I'm serious. Look at him. So that was our uh, little prize give, giving. Uh, so who are we? And Christina's going to start. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to start by kicking off the mic. Um, my name is Christina Hill, and uh, like Marcus said, I, uh, I'm a geoscience specialist, and I work for an oil company right now. Um, and... Totally ironic that I'm doing this class. I think it's so much uh, to the glory of God. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about why that's funny. Um, I, uh, I'm currently, like I said, I work full time, and I actually am in grad school. I'm trying to get a master's degree, which is a huge character-building process. Um, and then I'm also trying to do what I can and help out the ministry. A lot of times people will ask me, how do you do that? Um, and I think a much more important question isn't how, but um, why, like why in the world would anybody want to do that to their schedule? Um, so in a lot of ways I don't, but I will share with you a lot about um, what has inspired me to go the extra mile. Um, and then Simon will do an introduction of himself too. So my character and my nature, just so you guys know, not just what I do for a living and what are my activities, but really who I am. Um, is I'm incredibly, first of all, I'm, I'm very lazy. Uh, one of the biggest things I had to repent of and even making a decision to follow Jesus was to not be so lazy. So I was in 17 years old. I was in high school uh, when I started studying the Bible. And I was taking CP classes because they were easy. And I was getting C's in them because I would do just enough work to get by because I just didn't see any reason why I should work harder then I really had to. I don't know, maybe some of you guys have felt like that at some point. Maybe not. Maybe you're naturally very driven. I'm very not. Um, I'm also very unambitious in a really selfish way. Um, my prime dream and ambition as a young college student was I wanted to live right next to the beach. It could be a shack. I didn't really care where I lived. Um, I just wanted to be able to surf every day. And that would make me happy. And I like everything, so I don't need expensive food. I thought it was really low maintenance. I thought that was great. Isn't that spiritual? Jesus was low maintenance. He didn't ask for a lot. Uh, but after walking with God for a few years, I realized that would be great and um, an absolutely fine ambition if there wasn't a whole world around me that was desperate for God and on their way to hell. Uh, really quickly. And if that is the case, if there is a God and there is a world around me that needs him, then I should probably see what I can do with my life for God more than just make sure that I get to surf every day. Um, so I had an incredible opportunity. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to talk a whole lot longer and then you're going to hear Simon talk. Um, I had an incredible opportunity as a young college student, though, because um there's so many things that God builds into our character when we walk with him, like how to work hard. And honestly, a lot of times I didn't even know why to work hard. It's not like I wanted to. I knew that God said to do it. I knew he said there were blessings that come if you do it. 
Uh, so I did start taking AP classes in high school. I did um, have a few years of taking it kind of easy in college, but then I, I decided to take some more challenging classes and get a degree in geology, which kicked my butt. Uh, lots of all-nighters, lots of science classes, um, lots of challenge. But because of that hard work, uh, I got, and because I got good grades, which wasn't my nature to get good grades, it was just the benefit of God said work hard, so I'm going to work hard. Um, I ended up getting a job offer with the company that I'm at now as an undergraduate student uh, to do contract work. From that came an opportunity to work there full time that I just never would have had otherwise, especially following my own character and my own uh, personal dreams. But um, it's been amazing, and it's really given me a whole new dream uh, that I want to share with you guys. Uh, my first passion when I finally picked a major in college was to do environmental work. Um, and that seems really noble, like save the world. But then I, I also had another great opportunity from God, um, just a blessing of walking with him and obeying with him to go to India um, and it really changed my whole perspective in the course of my life because what I got out of that trip was that I could save the world and I could save the trees and the whales, um, and that would be great, but I, I really feel like people are what really matter, and I only have one life that I get to choose to focus all my effort on what I'm going to produce, and I want to focus my effort on helping people. So when I had an opportunity to take the job that I have now, um, I had a mentor at work who showed me a, she showed me a website with a list of jobs and how much money I could make. And when she said the numbers, my job was on the floor. I'd never heard of that much money, and I thought about it for a minute. I never thought about um, myself as having money. I didn't grow up with money. Uh, I never felt like I needed it. But what I did think was I could live really comfortably off a quarter of the number she just said. And then three-quarters of my salary annually, just without doing anything extra other than just working, could pay for mission, missionary salaries, hope projects, entire hope projects could be funded just from taking this opportunity. There was a cost to it. I would have to go back to school, get a graduate degree, uh, which would take a lot of work, and it's a long commitment. It's like a four-year commitment for me to work full-time and uh, get a master's degree, but I thought, I, I want to get to the end of my life and know that I gave everything I could to help the most amount of people. Um, and I don't want to say, no, I just didn't want to work that hard. I would have had to go back to grad school. <laughs> like, so um, here I am giving it all. So I share all of this in my story because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sharing some other driving um, factors later on. But if I can just convey one thing that I feel like has been such a huge gift from God to me in my perspective with you guys is learning how to look at my life and look at my career um, as a talent that God's given me and look at opportunities as talents that's, that God has given us um, and not ask myself, what do I want to do for a living? Like, what makes me happy? Like, those are good things to consider. And that has a big part to do with what you're going to be successful in. But I want my driving question to be, what, what can I do that will help me to have the most impact for God? Um, so now Simon's going to share about himself. <laughs> As you can tell, um, there is a whole lesson in uh, Christina's life. 
and all the things that we can uh, we can draw from, all the wisdom we can draw from it. Uh, I'm going to share very briefly because you know I will move to I'll, I try to share my experience in terms of powerpoints. But uh, I'm Simon. Um, I'm a foreigner, born and raised in Egypt. Came here when I was 18, actually 17 and a half. Uh, two years prior to that, I went to med school over there. Uh, then we uh, suddenly decided on coming here. Um, a year later, I joined the military. I was a combat medic. Um, six years later, uh, I decided to get out, separate, and, and go to school for engineering, aerospace engineering. I, gradu I graduated last year, and uh, I'm currently working as an aerospace engineer. So you can, you can see, like, well, we're talking about repositioning your career. I've done, um, I've done that maybe 60 times in, my, uh, in the last 15 years. But, uh, I, you know, there is, today there is, the, there is two segments. There is a general strategy of maybe positioning yourself and, and making the right decision. And there is a specific strategy uh, that I draw from my own experience. Uh, it's, you don't have to go by it. This is just me sharing. We're not talking about this because we're experts. Uh, we're only sharing this. I'm not, I'm not even sure why we're here. But uh, we're only sharing our experience. <laughs> uh, I'm only sharing my experience. And um, uh, I hope to uh, be helpful in some way and, and maybe um, just motivate you to do something, uh, you know, that you, you might want to do. So our agenda today, we did the introduction. Um, we're going to go over a general strategy, like I said, and we're going to go over a specific strategy for repositioning your career or changing your career, changing jobs, uh, changing gears, really. Um, general strategy. Oh, the, the graphics is a courtesy of Christina. She's done all that. Mine is very boring. I'm an engineer, so it's straight to the point. There's no, uh, no colors, no uh, graphs. It's all formulas, but anyway. Assess yourself. What does that mean? What kind of question would you ask yourself if you're trying to assess your situation? Anybody has an idea? A question? What do you want? Okay. Look, you're trying to, you have a job, you're, you're in a certain position, and you're trying to, you're, maybe you're not satisfied, and you're trying to figure out what to do next. What kind of questions would you ask yourself? Okay, what do you like to do? What, 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 do, what do you want to do? Okay. Good question. Go ahead. Very good one. Come on, Jay. Hmm. All right. Go ahead. What kind of skills you have? Talents, right? Those are all good, good ones. Uh, first one I have is where am I in career or or life or you know. Where, where are you at? You assess your position in where, where you at. Um, are you satisfied? Those are all questions, you know, it's, you got to that point where you're wondering uh, if you need to go further in that direction or you need to change directions. Um, how can I better myself? If your answer is, if your answer is uh, yes, you're satisfied, then how can you better yourself? If the answer is no, then what do I, what do I need to do? Like somebody, somebody said that question, what do you need to do? Have a goal. So after assessing yourself, you want to have a goal. So what makes, what kind of characteristics we need to have in our goals? What defines a goal? Go ahead. Um, 
Nice. Okay. I like that. So a goal needs to be realistic. What else does, does a goal need to be? Go ahead, Angela. Concise, clear. See, you guys, you guys got all my bullets. I, um, what am I doing here? So it needs to be clear, a clear objective, a, a clear goal. You know, saying I want to be like Christina Hill is not a clear goal. <laughs> what do you want to be like? You want to have your job? You want to have her fitness? You want to have her awesomeness, wisdom? So you need to have a clear goal, right? So in, in, this, in, this, uh, in this particular point, neither it's clear nor obtainable. So, you know, uh, she's, 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 a, she's a handful. But... Uh, <laughs> The next one is realistic. You guys said it, you know. So how can a goal be realistic? We're looking at end result. Like what's the final outcome? You want to be a doctor, then that's the outcome. You know, that you want to be a physician, that's the outcome. You want to be uh, a, a musician, then that's the outcome, the end result. Uh, you want to look at the timetable. How much time does it take to actually achieve that goal? Is it realistic? Are you willing to put up with that timetable? Um, oops. How difficult is it? Are you willing to, you know, take on that task? You want to assess how difficult... Go ahead, Lai. You're very, you're very right. You hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's uh, uh, nothing comes easy, and you know, like the, the the saying says, you know, easy come, easy goes. And so it's uh, you work hard, and you're gonna reap the the, the fruits of your your, your labor. Um, so yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, so after have so we have two points so far. We have assessing our situation, and we have having a goal. The third point is counting the cost which is very important. You make, you make a decision, you have a goal, you have an objective, and it seems like it's a natural progression. You know, you, you have this, this idea in your head and you need advice, you need somebody else's wisdom on what you are about to do. Um, so, see, this is me. Just don't make any excuses. <laughs> so some people just focus on the negatives. And because of one negative, you choose not to go that route at all. Because of one negative. So this is why I say it's be neutral, list, list all aspects. 
you know, list all positives and negatives because the positives might outweigh the, the negatives. And in the end, that negative that you didn't want to deal with might be just something, you know, collateral that, that's easily, you know, dealt with. Um, also, you want to address your imp the impact on uh, different aspects of your life, your spirituality, uh, your family, your finances. You want to address that before. That's part of the counting the cost. And Christina wants to share something about that. That's great practical advice, actually, is um, just listing stuff. I think I have a journal from when I was four years old spiritually that, um, like, every other page is just a list, like pros and cons on all kinds of decisions um, and lots of getting advice. I just wanted to share um, a couple nuggets that I've got about counting the cost in this stuff. There is um, times when taking a step forward in your career in a certain in a certain direction doesn't make sense. Like, for me, it made a lot of sense for me to choose to go back to school and get a master's because it's essentially a double in salary. It's kind of ridiculous. And it's paid for by my company. That was a huge answered prayer. Right when I graduated, I prayed for God to give me a job at a company that would pay for grad school. Um, I have a friend who had a great job, too. Her company doesn't pay for grad school. And even if she did spend uh, the tens of thousands of dollars to get the degree, the raise wouldn't actually even pay for itself. So that is really great practical advice to count the cost um, and spend, a time, spend some time and do a little bit of math too. Um, I want to share some scriptures with you guys though, just about, um, whoops, I lost my notes. Um, here we go. Thanks, God. Um, about just the benefit of the fact that there is a cost. Um, I think a lot of times in our, our culture, we're so sucked into doing what's easy. And then a lot of times, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done this, but I've prayed a lot. Like, God, just show me the way. Like, just make it happen. God, just make whatever's supposed to happen, just make it happen. Like, as if there's no free will and as if there's no sacrifice in it. But um, I definitely have had to sacrifice a lot, and especially in the way of uh, social life <laughs> in going to school. But it's great. I there's a lot of benefit that's going to come afterwards. Um, and sacrifice is a beautiful, incredible part of a really healthy, really good relationship. Um, I want to share a few scriptures that really inspire me about that. Um, this is Psalm 54, 6. Uh, I'm going to go through these kind of fast, but you can write them down if you like. Uh, the psalmist says, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. Uh, Psalm 66, 15 says, I will sacrifice fat animals to you and offering of rams i will burn bulls and goats so at the time in jewish culture this is what was really valuable to people was their animals and their livestock we have different things that are really valuable to us and one of the most valuable things we have is our time our energy our jobs uh, these are incredibly important to us and and this is one of the best sacrifices that we can give to god uh, psalm 107:22 says let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Um, so I definitely do encourage a healthy perspective of sacrifice. That's like a whole nother Bible study. Um, but I think something that helps me to have a really good perspective on it and stay healthy with it, because we can get too much into deeds sometimes. I don't know if you're like me. Uh, but I like to think of it in the context of relationship. If you think about somebody that you're deeply in love with, 
you sacrifice all the time and it's completely out of free will because you love them and you don't think twice about it. You don't count it against that person and say, keep a list of things I've sacrificed for them. Like when you love somebody, you just do it because it's flowing out of you. Um, So even our sacrifice in our career comes out of a heart of love for God. See the wisdom I'm talking about? All right. And back to the point about listing all the aspects. Uh, I just want to share a story, like a quick story. A couple, couple, couple of weeks ago, I decided on buying a car for, for the fuel, for the gas mileage, right? I wanted to save on gas. I'm, I'm getting like 60 miles per gallon right now. And I travel about 50 miles every day. <clears throat> so, exactly. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I get something that gets like 40, 45 miles per gallon, I should be okay. But then it seems like a no-brainer without, you know, thinking about it too much. It seems like a no-brainer. But then I, put a, 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 I made a spreadsheet. I put all the, the costs that I have, all the maintenance repairs and, and tires and everything else. And it seemed from the numbers, don't, numbers don't lie. It, from the numbers, gas cost is not much compared to other stuff. So actually, it didn't justify buying a new car. But the, the moral of the story is... I didn't see that before I actually listed all the pros and cons of, and all the costs and, and all the, the, you know, the, everything that involves operating a car. So without listing all aspects of whatever you're trying to decide, decide on, you might not see everything or all directions that you need to look at. Um, seeking guidance and advice, that's kind of a no-brainer. Even if you're not a disciple, if you're, you know, whatever, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. Seeking counseling. And if you're a student, you go to counselors, and uh, you ask friends, uh, you do whatever. But for us, the first counselor that we need to go to is God. Prayer, fasting, waiting, uh, listening, you know. Um, you need to listen to professionals. You go to counselors. Not all professionals know what they're talking about. So you, ha- you kind of have to uh, be cautious and you have to exercise your judgment when you're talking to someone. Um, talking, you know, on a personal level, you're talking to friend- friends and family. Your friends and family know you sometimes more than you do. And they'll, they'll give you their input. They'll give you, like, okay, well, maybe I don't think you're, you're, you can be capable of doing this. Have you thought about that? And they'll, they might help you see something that you're completely oblivious to or you know, something that you didn't see. Um, so that's seeking guidance, and Christina's going to share about that too. I like advice. How many of you guys all have like a really just positive vibrations and emotions when you think of the word advice? Is there anybody that's ever gotten bad advice? That's true. Yeah, me too. Most of us have it to <laughs> And I just want to throw that out there because um, the Bible has a lot to say about advice. And um, being in the kingdom for a little while, for about 12 years, I've definitely learned early on that it's great to get advice. And I've definitely had a time or two where I got some bad advice. And that's okay. But what I want to do is um, read a few scriptures about advice because um, I think something that I've learned is that the Bible is always right. <laughs> And um, at the end of the day, we've got a lot of experiences, but the best thing we can do, um, and really the only thing we can do to walk with Jesus, is to go back to the scriptures. 
Uh, this is Proverbs 12:15. It says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Uh, Proverbs 13:10 says, Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 19:20 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. And Proverbs 20:18 says, Plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. So the Bible says that there's so much wisdom and so much benefit we can get from getting advice. I think what Simon said in putting God at the top and putting him first is crucial. I mean, we've got to pray that God will speak through the people that we get advice from. Uh, we've got to pray for wisdom to be discerning in the advice that we get to know if it is good advice or bad advice. Um, and then God will bless the humility um, there are going to be times in our lives when we make bad decisions anyways, but that's when we trust God, stay close to him, and um, keep a biblical perspective. Um, we're actually going to have a question and answer session at the end, if that's okay, um, so then we can talk all we want. Um, I did want to share a couple nuggets, too. I think in line with um, the putting God first in advice, um, so I think some of the best advice I've ever gotten was when I was first starting out, just graduated college and starting a career, a friend said, um, you want to get as much advice as you can because that shows humility and because other people have a perspective that you just don't have yet because you haven't been there where they've been. But at the end of the day, you've got to make your decisions based on the scriptures only. And that way, no matter what happens, it's between you and God and you don't have a whole nother battle to fight with bitterness and with Satan telling you, like, oh, yeah, that person hates you and they give you bad advice. But you make your decisions based on the scriptures, and then it's between you and God. And I had to do – I got a ton of advice. I got a ton of amazing advice about um, my career path, and I took a lot of it. But at the end of the day, I decided to take my career path, path based on the fact that I really deeply feel convinced – that this is the best use of the opportunities that God's put in my life. Um, and so that's why I'm going the way I'm going, and uh, we'll keep doing it. So what steps do we have so far? Anybody remember? What's step one? Nice. I like it. Step two, have a goal. Step three. Wow, are you guys writing this? What's going on here? How do you remember this? All right, step four right there. Step five is have a plan. So in the past, I, I've done so many things without a plan, and it didn't end well. You know, you, it's just not very productive. It's not very efficient. You end up going in 50 different directions uh, before you actually figure out which, which one works for you. So I think developing a plan before you even start is, is very important. It's crucial to the actual success of your, the, the process, the whole process. So what does our plan need to be? What, what, what are conditions for a plan to be successful? Go ahead. Timetable, right? Okay, concise. What else? Go ahead. Clear. Do I have it on here? Did you look at my lesson before? <laughs> That's completely correct. What else? Detailed. You need to have details on your plan. 
um, saying I'm just going to go to school and take a couple classes, it's not going to work. And you're, you're not going to even start doing that. You, you might start and quit you know, a few semesters later. But having a plan, having, you know, putting some details on it, putting some nuts and bolts on your plan, you know, um, saying I'm going to take four classes a quarter and I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to finish this area this, this year and I'm going to finish this area next year. I'm going to study this how many hours. I'm going to work this how many hours and actually have a detailed plan with times and, and everything, costs and everything on it. So it, it, it definitely needs to be detailed. List all aspects of the plan that you have. It needs to be practical. Uh, it needs to be actually doable. You can't say I'm going to take six classes or ten classes a quarter and consider that an, a, a successful plan because it's not going to work. You know, I tried to do this before. You know, having more than four or five classes a quarter is not going to work. You know, it's, you need to know yourself and know what you're up against, uh, whether it's, you know, any plan. It doesn't have to be school. It can be even just working out, having fitness goals, whatever. You know, it needs to be doable. It needs to be attainable. Um, comfort, discomfort level, difficulty, like Claudia was saying, um, does it help you achieve your goal? Or is it just a plan that it's kind of random steps here and there? And does it actually lead you to achieving your, your main goal? Because that's your objective, achieving your goal, not having a plan. Um, does it help you meet your deadline? If you want to be a doctor in eight years, what, does your plan help you do that? Or, you know, having one class a semester is not going to help you be a doctor in eight years. You know, just one example. So th th those are conditions that you need to have in your plan. What else? Be flexible. Things will happen that you're not, you're not planning on. Financial trouble, health, you know, health concerns or issues, um, you know, moving or getting sick. I took classes before in the summer, and I got sick in the middle of class. I got, like, chicken pox or something. Mind you, I was 18 at the time. So it ended up ruining my quarter. I had to, I had to drop the class and actually abandon my plan at this point and trying to adapt to that. Um, always strive to better yourself. If there is one thing I try to motivate people to do is to actually try to better yourself, no matter what, and no, no matter what field you're in. Um, it, whether it's life or career or education, always strive to better yourself. Um, don't get too comfortable. I think that's the, you know, that's the mistake that I, I personally fell into for, for some period of time. And along that process, you get to learn things that you might have not known before. So you kind of have to go back and retrace your steps. And that's, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, you just go back and redo, the, you know, go through the whole process again. If you learn something that might tip the, you know, the scale to the other side, then you need to go back and actually rethink your decisions. So those were steps for uh, the general process or a general procedure, if, if, you, might, if you want to call it. Uh, so now we're going to be talking about <clears throat> changing your career specifically. Um, if you're like me, I, I, I've, I've done that quite a lot. I, I was never sure of a clear direction. I went to med school to, to satisfy my parents. Uh, then I wasted the, 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 all the effort and money and time in that direction. Then ended up coming here, joining the military, still hanging on to that medical field thing and going as a combat medic in the military. Um, then finally, uh, you know, 
get my senses together. I'm like, yeah, this is not me. You know, I, I, I realized that I want to be an engineer. So I got out and, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I worked as a paramedic on, on the side, but I went to school for aerospace engineering. So um, I changed the direction quite often. Um, by why, why would someone do that, change careers? Any idea? There you go. That's, that's an obvious one. All right. <laughs> what else? Go ahead. Okay. Settled? Look at accounting, the cost, and figure it out. Okay. Well, we're, we're assuming by changing career, you're going in the positive direction. Like, we're, we're going in the right direction, hopefully. Um, so, uh, yeah, but, but that's one way to, instead of chasing your main dream, you chase something less. But it's, that's uh, something. Go ahead. What is it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. They, they want to, they have a passion for something else. Go ahead. I like that. I have that on my bullet. Go ahead. <laughs> you you want to be stimulated in in a certain way. You want to you want something more stimulating than the one you're in. So why? Usually there's a catalyst. There was a catalyst in my life, and I think most people change careers and change directions because something happened or they had that light bulb kind of go off. Um, and those are just a few examples, but you guys have very valid examples too. Uh, economy is one. I, while I was going to school, um, a real estate agent was, was taking an anatomy class with me, and he was, he was about to be a nurse. He was going to school to be a nurse, and he was 50 years old. Um, I still remember this guy. Health issues. You can't, you can't physically keep up with the job you have right now. So you have to change careers or change jobs. Do something more friendly. Um, I think the, the last two kind of go together. Uh, soul searching and, and having a greater impact like, like Christina said. You might, you, know, you might realize this is, what you're doing now is not for you. And you want to do something else. Um, you feel alive. Uh, doing something else, and you might change. I mean, the last example or the last point. I mean, look at Marco and and Jay. People going from sales and, and the medical field to uh, ministry because they had a passion for ministry. They wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to have an impact in that way uh, and actually affect people spiritually uh, instead of you know staying in sales or in the medical field. And there's a lot of examples of that. Um, when can you change careers? Any takers? Any time? I got any time. What else? What's that? Okay. Which is any time, right? Come on, Mark. What else? In my opinion, in my personal opinion, it's never too late. 
but some people might disagree with that. There, there are a few cases where it might be too late to change careers, depending on your family or your situation, your circumstances. My opinion, it's never too late. It doesn't, age doesn't matter. Your disabilities or handicaps don't matter. Circumstances, finances, those are all excuses, in my opinion. They can, there's always a way to achieve your goal. There's always a way to get around circumstances and the hand that you're dealt, right? Um, it's never too late. We all, we all make, make mistakes. Uh, I've made my, my share of mistakes, and I still do, right? And when it comes to actually deciding on a career or a direction in life, most of us decide on a career when between the age of 18 and, you know, late teens and early 20s. And, I mean, it's, we're set up for failure from the get-go. Uh, I mean, what kind of wisdom, how much wisdom do we really have at 18 or 19 or 20, whatever? You know, so it's, it's kind of a, a catch-22. You're supposed to make the right decision, but you don't have the tools yet, most of us anyway. There, there are wise ones out there, but I know I'm not one of them. Um, it's better now than never, and the sooner the better. It's better to change your, your suffer now and change your direction and do something you like doing that's better for you than suffer for the rest of your life because you didn't make that decision. You didn't go in the direction that you want. Um, and, and the sooner the better because the, the more you work in the direction that you don't want, then that's time wasted. Um, it's, it's time wasted. And uh, believe it or not, it, the older you get, the harder it gets, especially if you have to go to school. And, have, you know, when you have responsibilities, uh, kids, student loans, or whatever else that you have on your, on your plate. So it's definitely better uh, now than never and sooner the better. Um, so where to start? Where to start if you want to change your career? Any idea? Very good. I don't have that on there. What? Man, okay. All right. What else? You have something on your mind. I can see it. Okay. Okay. It, it's definitely coming. <laughs> you should expect that. Go ahead. Okay. 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 So the the way I looked at it is, you want to assess your current situation. Um, do you have an alternative career in mind? Do you have an idea what you want to do? And what are your current skills? What what do you, what can you do uh, that your job taught you or you had to go to school for? So depending on those two questions. Um, your, your plan might take different directions. So, for example, there you go, um, what to do. So research careers that may share your current skills. So maybe you don't like being a nurse. Maybe you don't like patient care, but you like health care. So you can go in public health, for example. So it's definitely jobs that share some, some you know, skills to, certain, to a certain extent but they're not really the same. So you don't have to go to school like all, you know, from, from the beginning all together. So you can sort of use or, or kind of, yeah, use as much as you can from what you have already and kind of lower your losses, you know. Um, 
research careers that uh, may share your current skills. I mean, if you decide to go in, the same, in, in a job that share the same skills, why would it be better? How do you know that when you go in that direction, you're not going to change your mind again and, and hate your, you know, your, your place again and have to go through the whole process all over again? So you kind of have to, you know, why is it better? And actually list that and think about it. Why is it better to go in public health as opposed to patient care or nursing? Um, so that's if you want to kind of cross over without losing all your skills. Uh, consider careers with no connection to your current one. That's something that it's complete 180 degrees maybe from what you're doing now. Architecture to, uh, you know, <laughs> ministry. Where's the goat herder? Where did he go? He, he was here. <laughs> Herding goats and, and, and going to screenwriting, you know, that's definitely uh, more than 180 degrees. No, you can't go more than 180 degrees. Okay. We'll, we'll let it slide. Um, when, you, when you consider careers that are different from your current one, there are things to consider in mind uh, or keep, take, keep in mind. If you're considering a career like Bartending. Let's just be hypothetical here. You just love bartending. How is that going to affect? How is that going to affect your life, your spiritual life, your family, your finances? So you kind of have to kind of have a filter on the careers that you want to take on. They, they can't be something that hinders your spiritual life or spiritual, your your family life. Um, you want to you want to make sure that you have the financial capacity to actually take on that career. It can, you know, for for a degree, it might cost a quarter million dollars. I mean, are you willing to pay that much when you graduate? Is it going to be possible to even pay it off? You know, um, here is here is this this I, this is my favorite point. This is when I get to speak my mind. All right. So consider a career that makes you marketable in the job market. So if you Google career change, the very first link that comes up. The first method is consider careers that you would take on or something that you want to do if money was not a problem. Any, anybody see the flaw with, with this method? <laughs> who else here? I mean, who has, who has infinite source of money here? So it's a, flawed, it's a flawed method to begin with, but that's what they teach you. That's what they tell people. Do what you're passionate about. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing what you love. But at the same time, you have to think. This is not the only deciding factor. You know, you are a you want to be a responsible member of the society. You want to be responsible financially and socially, and, and what, the list goes on. And how is that career going to help you achieve that responsibility? You know, if you do what you love, and it's not... I'm not saying just focus on money, but I'm saying it's it's definitely a like it needs to be one of the, like a part of the criteria that you take on. I need to do something I like doing. I need to I need to do something that makes me financially responsible, so I can actually better myself and go forward in my life. Um, so you know it's and here is here is my theory or here's my proposition. Sometimes you just can't. What you do doesn't really make much money, or doesn't help you become the person you want to be. So maybe there is a deviate and have a separation between making a living and a hobby. Something that you do just to make a living and just to support yourself 
and support your interests and support your needs. And still do what you want, still do what you're passionate about on the side. I'm not saying quit it. I'm just saying maybe that's what you, 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 you know, you end up doing. Um, so, a, you know, an example comes to mind. This is a shameless plug for uh, uh, Lindsay Patterson. Lindsay is uh, very passionate about music, and she's passionate about singing and, and uh, teaching voice and, and all this stuff. But uh, because of our culture, music is not really uh, highly demanded anymore. So she still performs in, in opera. She, she's, she's performing in Long Beach Opera and a bunch of other places. And at the same time, she's pursuing a career in teaching. So and she's teaching music. So she's still doing something that she likes doing, but it's, you know, there's making a living and doing something you're passionate about at the same time. Um, I, I, come, I come from a background that I, you know, I like racing. I love racing, not, not, your, not your typical car with the little muffler loud and racing on the streets, but I like, you know, actual racing. And um, I, I realized there is no way to make money in racing. They say if you want to make, I was just telling Christina, if you want to make a small fortune in racing, start with a big one. So it's, you know, so I realized that instead of opening my, you know, or, or establishing my race team and, 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 and have that, that hole in my pocket, maybe I can engineer and still do racing on the side as a hobby or as, a, you know, something I like doing on the side. So, you know, there's always a compromise, but if, if there is something I want you to get out of this or my personal experiences, um, always consider all aspects or all, you know, being responsible financially and doing something that you like doing. When you're deciding on a career that you want to pursue, it's fine if you want to study art, if you want to study music or um, you, you want to study anything you want, but just make sure that it sets you up for success later on in life. So you're not regretting putting all your eggs in that one basket that it's not, it's not really going to produce anything. Um, what to expect? So say you have few options as careers or jobs. And you want to, you know, figure out which, you know, what, what are you going to do next? What to expect? So expect a new skill set that you're going to need to have, especially if you're changing careers completely. A new skill set, an obvious one, expecting to go back to school or some, any kind of training. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you want to do now. You have to be certified. You have to be licensed at some level, and it's not easy. You know, it's uh, all licensing now. It's, it has, like, a bunch of laws behind it, and you have to go through a course, and there is refreshing courses, and there is a bunch of other sort of certifications that you have to go through. So it doesn't matter what you want to do, expect to go back to school at, at some level. It doesn't have to be a four-year degree, but it will have to be, there will have to be some schooling. Um, be patient. It's going to take, it's, it's, it, you know, it might take a while. You know, good things take, take long to, to come through. So I, I can't remember the exact uh, saying. What's the, what's the exact saying? There you go. All right. So it, be patient. You know, the longer you wait, the better re the reward, maybe, most of the time. So just, you know, this is something that I definitely uh, encourage you to do. So those are things to keep in mind. Uh, once you come up with, uh, you have all these ideas and you, 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 you've done all this research, 
um, condense your findings into one clear goal. This is going back to that general strategy again. So you want to have a goal, you want to seek guidance and seek advice, uh, you want to develop a plan, you want to have a plan, obviously, and still you want to you want to be flexible. Sometimes family matters and, and, and other stuff will come up and uh, you, you'll have to maybe quit school for a semester or two um, and strive to better yourself again. Um, so there is, there is the changing career part. So now Christina is going to talk about something she's more qualified to talk about, which is having promotions and raises. Thanks, Simon. I am, I am going for a promotion. Um, I do want to just piggyback on that point, though, that you do want to um, definitely look at all aspects of why you want to change your career. Um, and this is, when I was in uh, my younger years in college, I was very, like, free-spirited and, like, quasi-hippie. And people used to ask me if I smoked weed, but I was a disciple, so I was like, how can you even ask me that? But they were just like, you're so laid back. I loved everything in school. I loved philosophy. I really wanted a master's degree in English. Um, I wanted to get a degree in music. Uh, I liked science and math. I wouldn't take economics or poli-science. But everything else I loved. So it hit me like a ton of bricks when I had a, an employer who was asking me, so what am I going to do with my life? And said, I don't know. I'm trying to find what I'm really passionate about. And he was like, okay, well, whatever you do, you need to make sure it's marketable. And I was like, no, I'll hate my job if I go after what's marketable. But, um, but just a little bit of good news. Just because you're not, your job isn't your number one passion in life, it doesn't mean you're going to hate your job. And I think that's a big fear that I had and something that I've learned. Like, my job is data management. And I feel like I'm afraid every time people ask me what I do, and I, I'm afraid I'm going to lose them at the word data. I actually got my degree because I wanted to play in the dirt and get paid for it. Because in the geology department, you do a lot of camping, you drink a lot of beer, always as a disciple in moderation, of course. But it was fun. Um, so I was pretty surprised when I got the desk job that I have now that it doesn't look like it's going to change from being a desk job for the rest of my life. But I love it. There's things that I've learned to love about it, like problem solving, like working as a team and providing work to people that matters, that gets used, um, that is really fulfilling. And I do get to do a lot of fun stuff. Like try, I got to go to Colorado for a week and just go trail run and try out different restaurants. But because um, I have a good desk job. So um, that's just a little plug. So I do want to talk about going for a promotion. Um, that's what I'm going after. I'm going to share a bunch of examples um, about people that are doing this currently and, and even examples from the Bible, briefly. Um, I do think the very, very first and most important thing that I want to say about the heart behind going, behind, going for a promotion um, is seeking first the kingdom. We're talking a lot about jobs and what jobs should you get and why should you go for another job and money and why should you get more money and like a lot of work and effort. But at the end of the day, we're disciples. We're here in this room. We're taking this class and talking about jobs and the Bible because we follow Jesus. Like, this is all a part of our walk with God. If there's a promotion that we can go for or a career change that we can get that gets in the way of seeking God first, that's a big red flag. It's probably not the direction 
that God wants you to go in because he wants you to get to heaven where you won't need a job forever. But we do want to make the most of what we have while we're here. So seeking for the kingdom, like our relationship with God, um, is a promotion, going for promotion going to get in the way of um, prioritizing my relationships with the body of Christ? Is it going to get in the way of me being able to give my, my first and best time in my relationship with God? Um, it does take hard work to see God's dream fulfilled, so promotions can be great. Um, but we do want to make sure we keep that healthy perspective. Uh, and then the promise is that if we do seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be given to us. So um, a great example in the, of this in the Bible, and my favorite person when I talk about work, and my sister's going to roll her eyes right now because I always talk about, whenever we talk about work, I'm like, Joseph. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Joseph. Um, this is a guy who got promotion after promotion after promotion. When he was uh, sold as a slave, he got promoted to top of the slaves. He started out, and then he got, um, as top of the slaves, he was actually put in prison, not his fault, and then he got promoted to the head of the prison. And then from there, he got promoted to being the head of Egypt. And all of that was because he was seeking first the kingdom. Um, The fact is that everybody that he worked for or was a slave for or was a prisoner of trusted him like nobody else because he had incredible integrity because of his relationship with God. So it's not that he was ambitious. It's not that he was trying to climb the ladder. It wasn't because he was trying to make more money. It's because he loved the tar out of God, and God had a plan for him. Um, So I'm going to just read a couple quick scriptures. Very quickly. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Okay, Genesis 39.8 says, uh, But he refused, talking about Joseph uh, not sleeping with his boss's wife. He says, he told her, My master doesn't concern him with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. Huge trust. Uh, Genesis 39.21-23, The Lord was with him, showed him kindness, and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. Um, And then I definitely encourage you, if you want some inspiration about work and character at work and getting promoted at work, uh, Genesis 37 through 39 is an amazing, uh, amazing quiet time to have. And this is a guy who, his relationship with God, got him promoted. And I think that's where it goes back to, if we seek first God's kingdom, God's going to take care of us. Um, and I also wanted to share uh, really quickly, these are just some people that right now in the body, in the Coastal LA Singles, are making these kind of sacrifices and going for career changes and promotions. Uh, one of them is Betty Collins, who took a test six years in a row that she had to pay for um, and didn't pass the test for six years in a row but kept at it. And this is after years of not even having a solid career, but... Um, now has gotten a double promotion and is doing incredibly well in her field, uh, working for the L.A. Police Department. Also, Becky Brantley is another one who is um, currently serving as a teen leader in the teen ministry, working full-time as a mechanical engineer for Northrop, and is getting her master's degree 
Uh, she's studying 10 to 20 hours per week, paying $1,500 a year for school that she's not totally comp compensated for. Um, and it's all because her driving motivation is to be her best for God. And Betty, same thing. She wants to be driven. She wants to be challenged um, and be absolutely the best that she can in her relationship with God. Ramon Kabilling, who's here, you can ask him about it later. Uh, he went through a special training to go more to go after what he's passionate about, and he's still doing, like Simon said, and making sure he can have a job that pays the bills, but made a significant investment where he had to study for, was it three years? The certification for holistic health care chain. So that involved hours of studying per week, a financial investment, but also that he could do what he's passionate about for God. And then, of course, Simon, who went back to school. I don't know if you mentioned it, but he had already gone to college, already had a degree, and then came to the United States, and it wasn't working out, and was like, I need to go back again in order to be my best for God. Um, so that's what we've got. Uh, I hope you guys are inspired. Um, I hope you're encouraged by the people around you that are also sacrificing um, and have a new perspective, and Simon will close this out. Wait. There's more prizes. More prizes. All right. So in that presentation, we, we, we mentioned something about what a goal needs to be. So give me one characteristic of what a, what a goal needs to be. Good. All right. So we have scented candles and, uh, and purse, uh, sticky note dispensers. And chocolate. What do you want? <laughs> Sticky note purse dispenser. I think this is for sisters. It's kind of, kind of quite clear. Scented, scented candles, and uh, chocolate. What? All right. Okay. Nice. <laughs> All right. Second question. Okay. The next question is, um, what are two catalysts for career change? Lydia. Perfect. Good job. What Come is get it? your car. Chocolate or a, a sticky note dispenser? It's, it's, like, a, it's like a purse. That's just a better way. It's a purse sticky note dispenser. Nice. Right, a sister needs to answer this. Well. <laughs> what words were underlined in the PowerPoint? One word was underlined. A sister. <laughs> oh, you can. <laughs> Come on, sisters. I know you're paying attention. Huh? Yes. Nice. There you go. Why are you hesitating? So this is it for us. Sorry we're couple minutes late, but I hope we're helpful. If you have any questions, please talk to us, me, uh, Christine or I, uh, just to you know, ask us questions. If you need um, the, the, uh, the file for the presentation, please give me your email address and we'll send it to you. Thank you. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.